Welcome to 20 Minutes of Purpose, a podcast designed for all women that want to live this one messy, hard, fun, challenging, and exciting life we've been given on purpose and with intention. We believe that women do that better when we are together, better when we are connected, better when we learn from each other. Each episode, you'll be hearing from Elizabeth and a guest on a variety of ways that we can be more intentional with our lives. We hope to inspire you and encourage you as we engage in 20 Minutes of Purpose. Here's your host, Elizabeth Pearson. Welcome everybody to today's show on 20 Minutes of Purpose. It's our very first podcast, and this is the one I like to call, You Gotta Start Somewhere and We'll Figure It Out As We Go. Now, we're not going to get it all right today, but hopefully something will resonate with you and that will encourage you to be a little more intentional and a little more purposeful. Today, we're talking about letting go of the desired outcome or allowing and accepting what is. So my good friend Vicki Fraker from Revival 356 is here with us because she and I have been talking about this for quite some time. So welcome, Vicki. Thank you. Now, every month at the farm, Vicki has a signpost Saturday where she discusses one of the 12 guiding principles, the 12 signposts for the farm. And Vicki, as you know, this signpost has always been the most difficult one for me to put into daily practice in my life. But would you tell me why this is one of your 12 signposts to begin with and what it means to you? Yeah, acceptance and allowing has been huge on my journey. Just having a posture of resisting what is. And I continue to learn that the more I do that, not only am I disappointed in whatever outcome I didn't get, but I'm creating more suffering by not accepting what is here and now. So what do you mean when you say you're creating more suffering by not accepting what is here and now? So it's interesting with the word accepting and allowing, because right away, we all have a belief about what that means. What it meant to me at one time was that I was quitting or I was giving up. It was a negative thing. And so I was taught to battle and fight and push through like I thought that was a good thing. And being on this journey of healing and awakening now for quite some time, I realized that then I bring that posture of pushing back, resisting to everything if I don't have a practice of it in the little things, if I'm not aware of closing, contracting, shutting down versus being open, saying, what is this about? What is this teaching me? What is this? coming to me for. It's just this opening of really getting curious and saying, okay, I'm being diverted into another path. And and can I allow that path? And as I've known you, you really do live that out with the daily little things. And you know that this is, we've already established this, but this is something that I'm working on currently. It's, you know, the desired outcome or wanting it to have a happy ending always. It's why I don't like to watch movies or TV shows that are sad. I always want the so-called good, happy ending. But since this podcast is 20 Minutes of Purpose, I want to talk about how this plays out, not in the movies, but in real life. You talked about in the little things. And recently, just to give you all an example, recently I was talking to Vicki about how I had a vision or an idea of what my life would look like and how it would play out or how, how I, so I thought how it would play out. And when that idea or vision is not a reality, you've helped me realize that there's a gap in between. But to explain this a little better, I want to go back to when I first met my husband, David. We've been married almost 24 years 
and or maybe 23 I can't remember 24 I think anyway we uh, met on a blind date and we had both recently returned from trips or vacations if you will and I was talking to him and he said well where'd you go and I said, oh my gosh, I went to Whistler, Canada. I went snow skiing. It was so much fun. I cannot tell you. I mean, you have got to go. It's absolutely amazing. And he said, well, tell me about it. And I said, well, I really wanted to go and I didn't have the money. And so I found out that if I could get a group of people together and organize this trip, then I would be able to get to go to Whistler and ski for free. And so he asked me, well, how many people did you get? And I said, 50. I had to have a minimum of 50 people. And he like looked at me as if I was like three eyeballs. And it was like, you went skiing with 50 friends? And I said, well, some of them I didn't know, but they came along on the trip and I had the best time ever. And I said, well, tell me about your trip. And he said, oh, he goes, I had the most wonderful 10 days. I was in Maine. And I said, oh, I love Maine. It's gorgeous. I said, what'd you do there? Who'd you go with? And he said, well, I went camping. I said, oh, okay. I mean, wasn't be my first first way to tour Maine, but I thought, okay, I want to hear more about this. And I said, who'd you go with? And he said, actually, I went by myself. And I said, oh no. I said, did the people fall through? Did they get sick? What happened? And he said, what do you mean? I said, well, why'd you go by yourself? And he said, because I wanted to. I said, you went for 10 days in the middle of the woods and didn't talk to anybody? He said, no. I said, oh my goodness, when you got out and went to a gas station or a restaurant and talked for the first time, was it weird? He said, I don't know. I didn't really think about it. And in that moment, I just thought, oh my goodness, I couldn't even imagine wanting to go somewhere for 10 days in the middle of the woods. And and I knew as we started dating that my soon-to-be husband was an extreme introvert and that, well, I'm not, as you know, And, you know, then we had all these babies and our lives were full of activities and events and people. But then as life goes, they started growing up and there were less events and activities and people, especially here at my house. And now that we're down to just what we call family B with only four kids about to be in the house, there's like a sense of loneliness is setting in for me. And there's this gap of my visions of people here all the time and parties and lots of connection and the reality of what is. And and that might not be your story or your truth, but that's just one example of what I have in mind of a desired outcome versus what is. And so as I've been talking to you about this, can you share a little bit about that? Yeah, I love that story because how David and you were on your first blind date is how you are now. Right. So it's not any shock or surprise. And yet I think it's important to always feel your feelings about disappointment. This isn't about denying your feelings or not being honest about what's going on because we have feelings. If we have an outcome that we would like to happen or seek to happen and it doesn't happen, we have feelings about it. And so I always think it's important to have feelings about it. But then what I continue to keep learning because I don't have it mastered. I do practice it. I want to be honest and say this is a stumbling block for me is if I'm working towards something and there's always a detour, a different path, it never unfolds like I have imagined or like I would like it to. I want to be in a practice of rather resisting and pushing back to allow myself to just open up and be curious or be aware of what is unfolding. So let's take that situation. Of course, I love that you have 
family A and family B. You kind of passed over that quickly. That's the first four kids, I think, and the yes. last four kids. Correct. Right. Uh-huh. Right. And so, yes, it's. Yeah. A, and as my family A points out all the time, they always say, you know, you got it right with the first four family A, but the jury's still out on family B. So <laughs> we'll, we'll see how that unfolds. But of course, when A and B were here, you had all this flurry of activity. And then that became a natural way of just the energy in the house, you know, always lots of people always revved up. So honey, of course, as family A transitioned out and B is actually closer to transitioning out, there is this new awareness and these new feelings of how life was is not how life is. And so can there be some acceptance as you feel all your feelings about it, disappointment, all of that, but can you see, oh, okay, this is where I am. And it's not just to resign and stay here. It's actually to say, okay, this is what life's giving me. So I would like to be conscious about maybe creating more joy, more fun, more activity, more adventure that I'm used to getting from family A and B, and that now is not currently in my life. So it's acknowledging it, it's accepting it, not to just not do anything about it, but to admit, acknowledge that you're here so that you can then create what you want or another path. So earlier you said something along the lines, and you can say a little better, but when we continue to resist, it just creates more suffering. So in this situation, what would that look like if I'm resisting it? Yeah. So you would be denying that your kids are growing up. You would be forcing yourself to live through your kids. And they're like, no, I want to go hang out with my friends. You would be really just controlling and forcing the situation of, I want it to be like it used to be. And it creates suffering for you and for them and for your marriage and for everybody. And a different way to approach that is to acknowledge things are changing. Practice some stillness to allow those feelings to come up, because if not, you'll just get busy doing something else and not even want to deal with the feelings. But it's like, God, I need to grieve this time. This time is changing. And I have a lot of feelings about it. And it's like, okay, so you grieve, you allow those feelings to move through you. And then it's like, what do I want more of? There's space been created with people moving out. And so there's more space available in your life. And you really connect with your heart and say, what do I want more of in my life? And you and I sat together recently and you asked that. And for me, it's more connection. There's this loneliness. And we've talked about this before at the exchange. And then you and I've talked about it. But, you know, if you ask women the question, how many of you are lonely, very few people want to raise their hand and say, Oh, yes, that's me. That's me, you know, because it's almost like a shame thing. Well, why are you lonely? What's wrong with you? But then when the author of the book, instead of asking, you know, are you lonely? Ask the question, do you have more capacity for connection? And almost every single woman raised their hand for different stages and, and whatnot. But I know, And we'll probably get into this, but as I've been unpacking this with you, it's like, okay, I can't go outward for that connection. I've got to go inward first. Yeah, absolutely. Because a lot of times going outward is just busyness, distraction. I believe, and I continue to keep learning, is until I go inward, until I connect with what is really going on inside of me and connect with what is there, then I will just go out and think I'm connecting with others, but that connection piece will still not be fulfilled. 
And so it really is going inward and getting honest. It is going inward and saying, how can I show up for me? How can I advocate for me? What do I most need in my life? And that is actually connecting with your heart and soul. And then going outward and saying, yes, I do need these external connections. But if I don't also have this internal connection, which also can be, with the Holy Spirit, God, the Christ within, that until you get that, there is always going to be this hustling, this wrestling, jumping from thing to thing to thing to say, please fulfill me. Mm-hmm. And and the, the longing is going to continue. Absolutely. And it also, I want to bring it back to what we started with, knowing that David and I, from the get-go, it's not like he's changed or right. become somebody different, but being married to someone that is such an introvert and content to stay home four straight days over a holiday weekend, watching the Braves and switching back and forth from tennis to, you know, Mm -hmm. whatever other sporting events are on. Can you speak into that? I mean, because yes, there is the piece to just me. Obviously, you have to go inward first, but in a marriage, you are, you know, connected there. And yeah, can you speak into that? Yeah. So the whole point of going inward first, let me say, is not to just wallow in self. It's actually to be honest and to connect with what's really there. Not what we've told ourselves, not what we should believe, but what is really there. And so as you and I process through some of this, it's like, I am lonely. I am lonely. God, that's, that's so courageous of you. So rather than just jumping to something to fulfill it, it's spending some time and feeling that feeling and say, what am I longing for? And one of the things you and I talked about is I want a deeper connection with my husband, with family A, with family B, so much is changing. And as they're changing externally, people, places, and things, I'm changing internally. He's changing. And yes, you're still an extrovert. And yes, he still is an introvert. But I'm craving a deeper, more real connection with my husband. And so that's what is the whole point of going within is connecting with that and saying what's really going on. Yeah. I know. um, One of the things I love about you is how honest you are. (laughs) with me (laughs) and sometimes love it sometimes hate it I get it yeah but no I was sharing with you how I'm trying to put things on the calendar whether it's couple dates or people coming over or family and things like that and trying to manipulate maneuver make it happen and I think you said something along the lines of your nagging (laughs) wife or something (laughs) like that and I was like oh I'm just trying to you know trying to Meet in the middle in that in that well, compromise, but go ahead. No, I need to reframe that because okay. it wasn't you were putting stuff on the calendar and I said a nagging wife. What it was, was you were asking for something from David and he told you repeatedly it wasn't going to happen and you kept on asking. Yeah. And so that's the that's perfect thing of allowing and accepting. You can ask... You can also express, this is what I need because this is how this is making me feel, keeping it on yourself. But then if he says he's going to do something and he doesn't, or he doesn't even say he's going to do something, either way, you have to get to a place where you say, I've asked and he has not answered my ask. I've got to accept this. 
I've got to feel all my feelings, frustration, angry. And usually what happens, all the other times you got busy because you have family A and B and eight kids, you didn't allow yourself to be frustrated with asking and your needs not getting met by that person. That feeling is going to bump up all those times. So it looks like it's all about this ask but it's so intense with so much more energy. It's like, God, what what is going on here? And it's like, oh, honey, there's so much more there that you've been frustrated about that you, you haven't acknowledged. It wasn't that you weren't honest. You were just busy and didn't even pay attention to, oh, no, honey, you're frustrated. And that it's the connection that you're most longing for is trying to give you that gift of waking up and having a deeper relationship with David in that area. Yeah. And I think I I remember you saying to me, like, you have to have the conversation. I said, I did have the conversation. (laughs) You're like, no, you have to have the conversation. And I said, I did have the conversation. (laughs) And then it came out that it was not the conversation you were referring to. You were talking about keeping it on me in conversation about Mm -hmm. my feelings and, and, my thoughts on this and my dream and my vision and ideas of what our home would look like and not physically, but just the liveliness, the energy, the excitement. But as you said, what happens during those busy years where the compromise goes on for too long, then the gaps get bigger. Yeah. And so I just think it's always huge and courageous for, I mean, God, marriage is hard. Marriage is really hard. You know, even our spouses, our mates, it's hard to be honest and be really vulnerable and say, we've been in a pattern of just all this outward movement. And I am finding myself really wanting to connect with you on a deep, that's hard. Mm -hmm. I mean, even no matter how connected and close we are, because it is being vulnerable. Well, you're right. I mean, and that's the key you said, you know, no matter how connected we are, because my level of connection is so much higher than the average person, particularly somebody that's introverted. So yes, we are connected, but I have the capacity for more. And and not just in my relationship with David, but in all my friendships. It's like I have such a high capacity. And we talked about this. I feel big. I hurt big. I love big. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's, it's, the, the extremes in that. And, and I know this is, this is a situation that we're using as an example with David and, um, I love him and that I'm not trying to, there's nothing there that I'm trying to disrespect in any way, but it's real life. And so I wanted to share that, but for the person that it's like, oh no, that's not it. Maybe not with their spouse or with a friend that they're not resonating with that. I want to broaden it a little bit to say, this was my desired outcome. This was what I was hoping for at this stage in my life. As you know, I'm about to turn 50 and there's been lots of things Mm -hmm. surrounding that and just the second half of living and, you know, the second half of life and what that looks like. But for somebody else, they might have a different desired outcome, not in that situation. Can you talk about, you don't have to give specific examples, but just letting go of the desired outcome versus the attachment To the desired outcome? It doesn't mean that we don't have desired outcomes. We all, I mean, our culture, society, and we're conditioned, and and we want to actually make deep contributions with our lives. I mean, that's in us. The difference that I keep learning is when I am longing for a desired outcome, I have a vision of the outcome I want. And as I've already said, we know life usually doesn't go the way we've envisioned, Do I allow myself to change, to shift, to grow, 
to reassess or am I so attached to the desired outcome? I miss what life is trying to redirect or give me along the way. And so that that sounds real general and ethereal. It's like, what does that mean? And it's just, we know that life, whenever we have a path and life gives us a side road, almost always on that side road, we meet someone, something is revealed. We're changed by taking that side road that we didn't even know we needed. And if we're so attached to the outcome, we miss the journey along the way of all the places that I believe that there are gifts along the way. And we miss all that goodness and gifts because we think our way is the only way or the right way. I'm so guilty of that. I mean, I get my mind set on something that like, oh, I think this is the right way or the only way for me to be happy or, or peaceful or, you know, fill in the blanks. But there's something that it was at the signpost, but it was the the quote about, you know, you think this is the right way, but then actually, let me try to find it's roomy. it. Yeah, yeah r- roomy. Try not to resist the changes that come your way. Instead, let life live through you. And do not worry that your life is turning upside down. How do you know that the side that you are used to is better than the one to come? This conversation with Vicki has already been so eye-opening and challenging to me. Now, we strive to keep this podcast around 20 minutes, so with that in mind, we decided to break this conversation into two parts. You will not want to miss episode two on letting go of the desired outcome.